San Francisco. If you don't like this place, if you don't think it's as awesome as I think it is, then there's something hopelessly wrong with you. The question is, how long will it be awesome? Will it be awesome forever? Is San Francisco a city under threat from a, a torrent of uh, evil tech money and uh, feral yuppies? We will answer that question and many other. Actually, we don't answer any of those questions. Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This time out and about again. Yay! San Francisco, celebrating <laughs> uh, a man that we all respect, uh, Anthony Bourdain. This is our Bourdain Crawl Part 2. Um, remember that you can find all of our episodes and our socials at bitchtalkpodcast.com. But at this time, we went out. We went to Lipo Lounge, Sam's Burgers. We went to Toronado and we went to Obzamzam. And uh, yes, there was some drinking involved. <laughs> some. That's all that was involved. Uh, I've never seen Char drink her drink so, so fast. So fast. At oh like my. Lipo. When we di- well, that's the thing is when there's cocktails, I can kind of suck down the that's cocktails your jam. pretty quick. So, you know, if we're going to, if if, w- if you guys need me to, like, really, like, lose my mind, then you guys know how to. <laughs> so, I don't understand the reasoning behind that, because a cider, I'll finish two double whiskeys, and you'll still have your one cider. But but a mixed drink is easier for you to drink. Normally, for people, it's the opposite, right? Like, if you're not really, oh, like, hard alcohol is harder to drink. I don't know. Like, well, because of the, well, because when it's a cocktail, you can you can barely tell that there's, it's like drinking just like a drink. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I can't. And they're sweet. Right. The, the, when you have those cocktails, those, like, sweet cocktails, I guess is yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, so your whiskey neat like, or whatever, you won't drink as fast. Right. Okay. That's, but if you have she got sips. me on, yeah, if you've got me on some kind of cocktail, like, like the Mai Tais, then those, like, that feels like a milkshake to me. <laughs> well, yeah, you got there and... Uh, well, I had some was... catching up to do, too. But let's be honest, this oh, is the yeah, least right. sweet Mai Tai that you'll have in your life. There are no... It's four different types of rums you, but you can't and then tell. pineapple juice. But so pineapple it's juice. not like... It's a... like you're drinking pineapple juice. You can't tell that there's that much... It's, you know, it's like right. those Long Island iced teas. You can't tell how potent those things are. Uh, yeah, we're not in our 20s anymore. I have uh, no, Long you. Island iced tea stories, but that's but, for another day. So, long story long. Sh- longer, <laughs> We, uh, I was in studio all day. So, I I, oh, I was right. here. I forgot And it was the North Beach this. Festival. You North guys Beach went to the North Festival. Beach we were Festival. Out to the I was 80s here band. in studio with the new client yeah, and yeah. then also with Dana and with a couple other people. So, I was here... I thought I was going to be done by like 3.30. It all ran long. And then you guys are calling me up going, we've had this Mai Tai sitting here waiting for you for an hour. And then I, I was it. telling you that too because she was starting to drink it. And I'm she like, stop. Me- she means me, and everybody. Was, like, I'm going to just drink it. What is she getting here? I'm like, she's coming. Because stop it's it. not good anymore after a while. And then she got a new one. And it's, that's what Shar deserves. Shar doesn't deserve a Mai Tai that's been sitting there for two so, hours. And I get there and <laughs> Angie's already, you know... <laughs> Asian Asian pink face. Arf, Arf. Asian red face. <laughs> and, Arf, Arf. and so Andrew's Arf. <laughs> <laughs> arf, 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 and Aaron, you, you weren't that bad, but you... That doesn't mean you're drunk, it's just our genes, we just genetically yes. turn right red. Right now, you're a little... With certain... Little pink. Anyway. So, Eddie, when I got there, I was like, oh, I have some catching up to do, because we were going to record, and we were going to do a couple things, Right. and then so I just 
down to my Mai Tai. And I was, yeah, it was one of those things where you're like, you're ready for a drink. You know, like you knew you were going to get a drink and then you were ready for it. And then you were just like. Also, we had a a former guest in front of the show hanging around. Oh, yeah, that's right. Frankie was Frankie Quinones. Yeah. Um, Which was fun. That guy's doing big things. I love him. He's he's above us at this point. Um, But it was fun. Sam's was delicious. That was my first. That was my first time to to really have a drink at Lipo and at um and have a burger at Sam's. Never been. And Tornados. You'd been there before. I've been there, but but I never had a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Zam Zam's my jam. Yeah. Like that. I I used to go to that bar by myself. I was. I just started thinking about Sam's again. Delicious. We should go again. We Let's should. go right fucking now when we're done no. with this. <laughs> but another time. Bourdain approved. Sure. But it was a good time and uh, we're hoping that we can do like a part three. Um, there's a couple of restaurants we want to hit up. When we they're a little pricey. We have a but... when we have a, something to celebrate, we're gonna do our oh. Bourdain crawl part three. And uh we'll have our uppity uppity crawl. Oh or <laughs> But really, it's just like old school San Francisco. It's just that it costs a little money. So. Right. Um, Swan Oyster Depot and House of Prime Rib Hopper, which yeah. I love. But I mean, honestly, he's been here, what, three, four times? We can we're, we can keep doing these crawls, and I hope we will, because yeah. there's so many... There's so many different places we can hit up. Yeah, and if within you're, walking. If you're thinking here. about coming to the city and you want uh, uh, hostesses for your boarding crawl, we're here. Yeah. Kidding, not kidding. Anyways, enjoy our uh, part two of Anthony Bourdain crawl hashtag Bourdain crawl, and we'll see you in the outro. We are at Lipo Lounge in Chinatown. LP. And, you know, we're a few drinks in. Don't hate us. Lipo Lounge? <laughs> lipo. I said it correctly this time. She's, she calls it Lipo. I need a little Lipo, That's but a we're at Lipo. Word, I know. Uh, slip of the tongue, if you will. Maybe. I don't know. Is it? Slip of the thigh. Lipo? No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're continuing our Bourdain crawl. We ended up in North Beach again. We went to the festival for a little bit. And then we slipped into Lipo Lounge and met Connie, also known as Consuela. Yeah, she's an OG bartender. She will make the best uh, Mai Tai of your life. And I will say I'm not a Mai Tai person. I like my drinks straight up. Uh, Maybe I'll put them on rocks, but I don't like mixed drinks. But I'm a total Mai Tai Mai person. The Mai Tai at uh, Lipo Lounge is five ingredients, four of which are alcoholic. (laughs) <laughs> there is uh, your light rum, your dark rum, your Bacardi 151, your Chinese liqueur. Whatever that is. I, Never heard I of it my entire life. I think it's like life. unicorn jizz. That's what I think it is. She calls it unicorn and, juice. And uh, the fifth ingredient is pineapple juice. And here's Connie. Connie! Connie, can we talk to you for a second? Mama, you're not that busy. Here, let me let me, let me me try to hustle her over. And uh, I would love to talk to her for a second. And just trying to get Connie, the bartender. Can I ask you one question? Um, do you remember Anthony Bourdain? Were you here when Anthony Bourdain was here? No, I'm not here. 2012. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> she just... Wait, no. <laughs> I'm not here. 2012. Okay. Oh, 2012. Well, tell us the secret to the best Mai Tai in the world. Just put the one finger or two finger. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Thank you, Connie. You put that apparently... Here, okay. Yeah. yeah. What's that? 
had a good time for the Mai Tai. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Wow, one finger or two finger. I, I don't know what that means. For it's, a it's, lot you know what it's like? It's like making rice. That's that right. is exactly like making rice. Oh. And a little bit like making some uh, w- uh, fun times <laughs> sexually. One <laughs> finger, two finger. Sorry. I was trying to not go yeah, there. You made it real. Well, I was Crime trying to go there. So it started there, and I was trying to navigate <laughs> away from there. I appreciate that. And you that. brought it right back. Well, isn't rice and sex, isn't it all connected? No, actually it's not. Um, so hey, anyways. how you doing? How's your day been? What you been up to today? <laughs> she, my I've been in the studio all day, and I just had my first Mai Tai for the day. I've, well, had, the a few. I've had a few Mai Tais. Thank the you best know. is that Ann just had a banana and salad today. <laughs> That's why she's looking forward to Sam's, which we're going to next. Yeah, no, I've been great. We did the festival, mm. the North Beach Festival. But no, I've just been doing my life, you know, walking the dog, handling biz, cleaning shit. Oh, something else about the dog today. And that's it. We took the best part about the North Beach Festival is that uh, the St. Francis Church does a a dog blessing or a pet blessing. Oh, yeah, yeah. From two to three. So for the past uh, three years that I've lived here, we've taken the dog, Bailey, to go get a blessing. So we did that. That was amazing. You just stand in line, and he pours uh, holy water on you. Pours and, um, it, or Bailey doesn't or freak sprays. out. Sprinkle. They, every dog kind of like jumps a little bit, but they're all good. But it's really How cute. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I take pictures. Oh, it was really cute. She sent me a photo. But um, yeah. So anyway, that was my day. It was yeah, beautiful. We, and uh, we jammed to a little I, '80s I, band, and then a little bit of a yeah, old, old man. What were they called? They were called. Um, uh, they're out of Stockton. I can't remember. No. Millennial. Uh, ma- uh, no, there's mind. nothing about millennials. No, there was nothing about millennials. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Anyways. Mm, uh, anyway, yeah. And then I got a... I, I, uh, somebody came up to me and tried to <laughs> kidnap me. So this woman <laughs> was extremely friendly at the... So we were at the uh, beer garden dancing to this 80s music. And, you know, she was kind of eyeing me, and I, I waved, and I said hello, and, and Aaron was like, do you know her? And I was like, no. But she came up, and she was very friendly, but for some reason, Aaron thought that she was trying to kidnap me. She had a weird crew with her. You saw the rest of the they crew afterwards. They a little bit heroiny. <laughs> there was a touch of maybe we'll a, tang, was a, a tang of heroin. A tang of hair. Or yeah. maybe it was just they were all really drunk, but oh, she wasn't. Yeah. It was weird. But you didn't see that she was also, like, talking to these really young boys over the fence of where we were. Slanging. I don't know what was happening. And then she was, like, immediately drawn to Ange, as most people are. <laughs> no, that's not true. But Ange was but like, yeah, I'm celebrating I'm Pride like, today. I'm and I'm like, wow, you're really just inviting a force. Well, because I was wearing, happening. no, I'm wearing a colorful outfit. Yeah, it's And she vibrant. was like, uh, oh, I like uh, wh- whatever. She was really in Ange's thrill. And then <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm celebrating Pride. It's Pride Month. And, and then, then but and the then Aaron was like, "No, stop, stop." Yeah, I was like, "Stop it!" But <laughs> and then Ange figured it out because once she left, she saw the other guys with her. The and other guy oh. had the heroin eyes, like falling asleep. Yeah, two of the guys had standing up. Yeah, and one guy was like your height and maybe Filipino, like the same. And I feel like she was recruiting you to like date that guy. So, yeah. anyways, you, it was a lot going very on. Very creative. Jeff thought the hours. same thing, by the way. So All right. Well, you're both very creative. Well, anyway. we know what was happening. It was anyway, fine. but it was a good day. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, and here we are. Sounds like it. I'm at, glad uh, I'm here. Here we are at yeah, the welcome. Lounge. Welcome. Drinking some fucking I'm, I, Well, it took me a while to the get here. The best you know, Mai Tais ever that I've ever had in my life. 
And, uh, we do have a friend of the show here, but I don't know if he'll be on. But we just wanted to give a shout-out to Frankie Quinones because he joined late. I don't want to yell at him. Don't yell at him. Yeah, I know you want to. Don't do it. Uh, maybe don't. we'll get him at Sam's. We're going to Sam's next. But is he's is been he on the show before. Huh? Is he coming with us to Sam's? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, we'll we're, find out. Rolling. we're rolling deep. Um, but uh, I just wanted to say that uh, in terms of Bourdain, he came here during the layover in 2012. And he said uh, places like Lipo just wouldn't exist without a large buffer zone on huh. all sides. He was talking about there's a huge bar that uh, basically carries, carries or a huge bar. Yeah, padded bar that oh, carries, right, 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 yeah, yeah. that lines the place. And then he said, I'm really glad I don't live in San Francisco because I'd be here every fucking night drinking and doing this, which is playing Liar's Dice, which oh. is also what they do at Buddha Bar, which right, is right across right. the street. Is it the so, same owner? Um, do you know? I don't know. I don't know about the Feels owners. Feels similar in uh, a way. That's why I was telling you, like, this is the same vibe. Both bars have the same vibe. Although, at least Buddha Lounge, they have a jukebox you can play. Here, they don't have one, which is really ruining my vibe. So, you know I like to play the 80s hits and the current hits. I do, yeah. yeah. R&B, or sexual healing. Like, 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 like I mentioned in the first Bourdain uh, Crawl episode, in last episode, being here brings back so yeah, many you, memories. You've been here. <laughs> you've I, been here. I like. Oh yeah. Did you share the fire story on Mike? I don't think. Yes, so. Yes, I did. Oh, you did. Okay. I did. I. I uh, yeah, I was trying to. I was, fire actually, I'm need to find that picture. Uh, no, but while, I, while we're talking, but yeah, you guys. Uh, there's so much. There's there's so much history here, and if you. Like, it's almost like if you haven't done like a bar crawl, or you if you haven't gone to the dive bars down Grand Street. Right. Into North Beach. Into yeah. North Beach. Like, if you haven't gone to Buddha, if you haven't gone to Lipo, if oh, you haven't gone Bao to Bao Bao. Bao Bao. Bao Bao is my spot, even though uh, it's not a Bourdain spot. But that's, like, my... Like, I've taken so many people there that it's, like, it's one of those... There's there's a bar that... There's a dive bar that I you guys... that, that we. That I don't want anyone to know about it. That we've done episodes from yes. that we don't want anybody to know about. Right. But that's don't go there. That's the bow bow well, for that, me. That's oh. an interesting point to bring up, Shar, because uh, I think Bourdain grappled with that too, because he would give shout outs to these small hole in the walls or beautiful local spots, and then they would get blown up after he would give them a shout out. Right. And uh, it, it's hard between giving a place love yes. and not, not wanting them to change and not shitting them up because I, of. Uh, the the highlight. I do want to um, say when you walk into Lipo Lounge, there is a pretty sizable photo of Bourdain when he was here with one of the owners or bartenders. And then I just <laughs> I had to pee, you guys. I had to use the ladies' restroom. Yeah. And I shut the door and I was sitting there looking at the door because, you know, people decorate and shit, especially in bars like this. And there was an R.I.P. A.B. with little hearts next to it. So he really, he's left a mark on society whether he knew it or not and I I'm really happy that we're doing this and I have to thank you guys for coming along on these random texts of trips of like we're gonna do this on a Friday <laughs> and we need a camera yeah, you crew guys, you and I'm getting interviews yeah. you so guys, thank you well yeah. you know me coming into San Francisco on a Friday I know I, it's terrible I trooped out on a Friday because I, I didn't want to miss it thank you and it's North Beach Festival. It's not yeah, easy it's not to a get good. Here. It's not like the it's not easy to weekend. commute here. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but we made it work, and yeah. uh, it's, it's been really fun. Yeah. I can't wait for our next destination. Me too. Thanks, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, we will see you at Sam's. We salute you, sir. I can't wait to eat a burger. Can't wait. Duh. I'm kind of hungry. We are at the world famous Sam's Burgers, still in North Beach. 
This is the uh, second half of our crawl. I'm full. I'm really full. Are you full? Why do you have to leave North Beach? You get everything you need right here, Mama. Okay. Captain well, Party is Captain on Party the is proud. Captain Party need here. Well, at Lipo, we were waiting for producer Shar, <laughs> so I had to drink extra Mai Tais to fill my time. I should have taken a picture of that. All of all the, all the, but all the those were all ours. We could still we could have faked it till we made it, but um, uh, there were lots of ours. So. <laughs> this place is awesome. I've never been here before. This was my first time, and it's not going to be my last. It's a and good. It's a good place if you're if you need sustenance. You need yeah, it's you know it's like without like you know like when everybody needs that thing that hits the spot like Sam's. It's probably why it does so well because it's right at the end of North Beach, yep. right at the end of Chinatown. Yep. It's right there, it's right at the end of everything. Exactly. <laughs> Your well, whole I mean, night. It's on the other side of the tunnel over in uh, Russian Hill. <laughs> well, and it's simple. It's a simple burger, but it's juicy. It's it's just not doing too much. It's it's just everything you need. Well, I took a couple of pictures of. I well, I actually did take a picture of the before, and I guess I should. Good for you, because I was like. Rawr, 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 no, and then, I I a, and then I took a picture of an after. We <laughs> inhaled that sucker. It's delicious. But I think it's well, it's very different than Red's. Red's is like on a sourdough roll. Uh, it just has mustard, if you want cheese, cheese, and onions. And, oh, pickles. And pickles. That's it. There's no lettuce. There's no tomato. They don't add that. And you can't ask for it. This was like mayonnaise, ketchup, mustard, lettuce, tomatoes. Yeah, it's like delicious. charbroiled. And yeah. Yeah, it's just on a whole other level. And it's made to order. Like right. We, you watch the chef watch it. Exactly. I'm sorry. You watch the chef make your food. Sorry, I had a few drinks this afternoon. It's very Bourdain-esque. What do well, you want Well, and, and Bourdain, when he came <coughs> here, he called Sam his walking Buddha. He said he was his patron saint. And he said, uh, I never thought a hamburger could be good at a place that also serves pizza. I'm, <laughs> in, I'm in love. Oh. So uh, those were his thoughts on the place. And they now have coined the Bourdain special, which, what yeah. is it, Aaron? It's a double cheeseburger, fries, and a beer for seventeen ninety nine, which Whoa. is very cheap in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's like a, budget shopping. Yeah, that's a cheap meal, y'all. Hey, it's always, sometimes you pay $17 just for the drink. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you go to a baseball burger. game. <laughs> and yeah. the fries are bomb. And another thing that I love about this place oh. is they just have ranch. Like for a your big pleasure. A ranch you for sat your right in front ranch. of the ranch oh. bottle. That's so rare. That should be our new company is Ranch for Your Pleasure. Or maybe the <laughs> title of our autobiography, Ranch. One or two fingers. Ranch for His Pleasure. <laughs> okay. Harkening back to Lipo Lounge. <laughs> two fingers. I don't know what she was talking about. <laughs> I know what I was talking about. Not you. I know. Connie, who introduced herself as Consuela. Anyways. This has been a great day again, and we're going to continue on. I think we're going to do, <sighs> after Ange yawns into the <laughs> mic. Um, <laughs> I think we need to keep channeling Bourdain because uh, it's quite magical. It is. Things that we Things happen. Upon. People just attend our crawl, and we get good stories, or we just catch up with folks. Um, so this has been good. This This is the one thing I've been writing a blog and I'm hoping I can get it out by next week about Bourdain and him passing, but I'm learning that he's just bringing people together. Community. Yep. And that's, I think that's what's, and it still is very special about him. <coughs> Anyways, before I start crying, any last words? Cause it still feels, we just bumped into your friend or I've never met her. Uh, the, the massage therapist. Yeah. 
Not masseuse. We learned masseuse you never use. Masseuse? Yeah, I just learned this today. That's a bad term. That's kind of like the stewardess versus flight attendant. It also means you're getting a happy ending if you call a masseuse a masseuse. Yeah, so, so I would be a masseuse, no, but I my friend is a massage therapist. Where do we pick this up? Where do we learn this today? Oh. A friend of mine that is a massage therapist, and I introduced her as to Erin as a masseuse. And she's like, no, 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 no. But no, I'm no, sorry, uh, how many fucking syllables? Massage therapist. That's five syllables. I could say masseuse and get the point across. That's what I was thinking. Mm. I didn't think it was an insulting term, but now I know. Knowing's half the battle. Anyways, <laughs> um, like an eggplant. Oh, God. <laughs> but oh, we love Bonnet. our eggplant. Bonnet's Bonnet been for Kravitz. a ride. I'm just she looks like she's been for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the queen of throwbacks inside the Chugs on the Bitch Hug podcast Yeah, so today. Bonet is our mascot. She's been with us throughout the Bourdain And she's crawl, not racist. She's not no. racist at all, but she's she likes to drink. a lot in my purse and out in public. <laughs> I'm just Shit glad she hasn't been lost hey, If yet. you don't know what we're talking about, just listen to old episodes. <laughs> yeah, or look through Instagram. You'll see her Bonnet hanging out. forever. But uh, we are at Sam's. We are going to continue this bar crawl. Thank you to Lipo crawl. Lounge. Thank you to Lipo Lounge. Connie. The bartender extraordinaire. Our chef, our chef this afternoon who doesn't want to introduce himself, but he's been rad at Sam's. And uh, we're going to keep going. So cheers. Bitch, please. All right. We've been to Lipo, Sam's. Now we're at Tornado, which I have never really been to. Which is really just so crazy to me. All but you're not places, a beer drinker, so. I'm not a beer drinker. But also, all of these places I really have never been to on this part of the crawl. That is fucking crazy. But the cool, you're right. You hadn't been to Sam's. and Okay. Well, uh, the thing is, I used to live in Lower Haight uh, in my college years. And um, Mad Dog in the Fog, right across the street, used to have free barbecue on, um, I think it was Saturday nights. I don't remember anymore, but I survived by that. So that's why like, I would come to Tornado's, but then I would go to Mad Dog for my free barbecue because nice. it was balling on a budget. But yeah, Heck. this place is uh, a staple for any beer lover. Uh, do, do you remember when we went to Bear Bottle? Yes. We recorded from Bear Bottle, yeah, and the owner there, one of the co-owners, said that once he got his beer at Tornado's, he yes, knew he'd made it. he knew he made it. That's <laughs> right. I forgot. Thank yeah, you for like remembering for, that. Uh, for any real beer lover you have to come to this place you have to check it out they have rotating taps uh, and apparently if you follow them on Instagram every day at about noon they'll take a picture of their wall of drought beers so you can see what they have to offer because every day it drought changes. beers or draft oh, draft <laughs> <laughs> dude look it says drought we can't hear you this is Jeff Hunt of uh, Story San Francisco fame it's actually on Twitter not Instagram Okay, but sorry, Twitter. The, but the, I'd say the menu itself is iconic. Yeah. And that's what, that's what they put up. It's just no words, just a picture of the menu. Yeah. And it's like, this is today at Tornado. Well, in the fucking, it says drought beers. It's still draft. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're right. God damn it. We I've had you. a few. Yeah, she's only had, this is only your second, isn't it? Yeah, but they're a little bit strong. Yeah. Sir, so, uh, uh, so he's Bord got some. Uh, Bourdain came here at least um, for his show, uh, The Layover, in 2012. And what he had to say was let's see, he said, daytime drinking is a tradition here. We're here during the day, as it is in any <laughs> great city. He goes on to note about Tornado. The Tornado Bar is a good place for me to start my day. 
It's known mostly for beer, of which they stock 50-plus microbrews and about 100 bottled beers. And most importantly, they boast a no Grateful Dead policy on the jukebox. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he continues, he continues, which ensures me the peace of mind and spirit I need for a late morning buzz. <laughs> so you don't, you don't have to deal with that shit. And in San Francisco, it's, you it's never hard. know, really. Right. Well, true San Francisco establishments. Maybe right. not the new ones. They're not as uh, deadheady as the uh, OG ones. No, they're not. <laughs> but um, it's funny, one of the bartenders that was on that episode is here today. But he won't come on mic, which is fine. But it's nice to know there's sort of a part of Bourdain here. Yeah, I mean, who knows how long he's been working here? Uh, Well, at least 20 20 years, at least. Yeah. Okay, well. Since he was 60, he's now 80, (laughs) 90. (laughs) (laughs) We should all be so lucky to look that good at 80. Hell yeah, long flowing hair. Yeah. No, but uh, I yeah, this is definitely an establishment for any beer drinkers, and uh, yeah, it feels good. It feels good in here. Oh. I haven't been here in years and years and years, but it still feels the same as it did in the early two thousands when I lived down the street. So, well, it's my again, it's my first time. So, well, right, and if you when you come to Tornado, just know you can go next door to Rosamund Sausage Grill. And pick a sausage, and you can bring it back to the bar, which is awesome. It's the perfect marriage. Yeah. This is definitely a Bourdain bar. I mean, when you come in here, it's it's a little dirty. It smells. It smells. It's, it's a lot of history in here. Um, so that's it, people why we, are just breathing beer in here. This is what it smells like. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. that's the oxygen. It's beer. Yeah. It's beer burps. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Hunt from Stories San Francisco, do you have anything to add to this about Tornado? Because you, you are here often. Nothing specifically about Bourdain. I wasn't here when he was here. Um, but, yeah, this place is a good... I, and I, I think the owners would agree that this is a good place to kind of get to know beer. They, have a, they do a good job, and they have, since before beer was trendy, about finding small craft beers of any type it's not just the ipa you know phenomenon um they have the menu with what is it Bourdain said more than 50 and it's beers of all varieties from and not just from northern california or the bay area they're you know they go out of state they just they just do a really they they love beer and it shows and and they've been doing it since before beer uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you come and get a really good craft beer, local craft beer. Before it was craft beer. It's not, but it's not uppity. It's no. still, like, grimy, so. I don't even drink beer, but I found two that I could drink here, so. And I, this is also very Bourdain because it's very salty here. I like it. Salty? <laughs> it's a salty kind of place. Yeah. yeah. No bullshit. So... We're going to finish up here. I really wish this bartender would get on the mic because he was here when Bourdain was here. Who knows? Maybe we, can, maybe we can smooth... Smooth smooth operator? I was going to say rub... No, okay. We'll see smooth what we can over. do. Yeah. Smooth... What's wrong with you? Have you, been t- you have not been talking yeah, on mic tired. for a while. Yeah. You are tired. All right. We're day gonna, drinking. Day drinking. We're going to finish up. <laughs> uh, we'll meet you all at Zam Zam when we get up there. 
We are at Ob Zam Zam um, when Anthony Bourdain stops many years ago during No, no Reservations. reservations. And uh, I don't really know when I found this bar, but once I did, I knew it was really special and I didn't want to tell anyone about it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that I could compare it to any other bar in the city, uh, both in style and... History. Atmosphere and history and location. And everything about it is just a little odd and yes. perfect at yes. the same time. <laughs> like odd and appropriate at the same time. Just like Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> <laughs> and us, to be honest. And us, yeah, and us. Um, yeah, uh, it's weird because we're recording on July 6th, though it's almost been a month since he's passed, which feels weird. Um, but we're still honoring him. We're still doing our hashtag boarding crawl. And um, I, I really, I hold this bar very near and dear to my heart. Um, if you, when you come to San Francisco, as you're listening to this podcast, you got to come here. Just put it on the list. Doesn't even have to be a whole Bourdain thing. It just, it's, it's very old San Francisco. And I love it. Well, and uh, what, what he had to say about it was uh, run by a legendary, unfriendly owner. Which I love already. <laughs> I'm in, yes. Uh, the notorious guardian of another age, Bruno. He was famous for running things his way and only his way. Bruno's gone, died in 2000, but he's not forgotten. Uh, and we're going to talk shortly with uh, the bartender of this place, Kundan, who's amazing and hilarious. You guys are going to love her. But uh, she has great stories about Bruno and his successor, who is uh, Mr. Clark, I believe. Bob Clark. Bob Clark. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk to her shortly. Yeah. But until then, I also want to mention that this is still one of the remaining bars in the city that has a regular jukebox. Right. Not it is computer. not one of those fucking bullshit internet jukeboxes right, right. where anybody could just come in and play Taylor Swift or whatever your fucking bullshit is. <laughs> this is actually one of those bars you come to because their jukebox is an expression of this bar. Right. It's not just whatever the fuck some asshole wants to come in and play. And I have to say, it's a jukebox that Bitch Talk approves. Yes. Like every CD that's in there, I was like, yeah, yep. yep. We're going to have uh, the up and coming, we're going to yes. have episodes where we travel to the last of these bars that have regular jukeboxes, and we're going to give you our top 10 playlist from that jukebox and appreciate them for maintaining that bit of history. Right. So that's exciting. It's going to be a new. A new uh, little ep- a little uh, segment. Yeah. For Bitch Talk. Yeah. One other thing I want to mention before we talk to our friend, our new friend, the bartender. Kundin? Kundan? Kundan. Kundan. Here she is. Yes. <laughs> Here she is. Welcome to the show. Let me grab, uh, you can take my mic. Thank you. So, if you will, again, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Ob Sam Sam? So, the bar was opened in 1941 by two brothers, Sam and Malik Mouche. Uh, they left Baghdad in 21. They were Assyrian, so it was a very small ethnic group. Um, from the greater Mesopotamia area. When they moved out here, uh, Sam and his wife ran a little luncheonette counter down the street. Their son, Bruno, um, would come to the luncheonette after school and go clean up the lun- uh, clean up and swipe, uh, sweep up the floors. And he learned you know, the, the hard work that you put into owning a business. And when his father opened this bar, his father and his uncle bought the building in 1941, opened this bar, he really he worked alongside with his dad until he served in World War II, because um, we opened 11 days after Pearl Harbor. So San Francisco, <laughs> yeah, San Francisco was suddenly just 
teeming with with sailors, um, right? And drinkers, and drinkers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they they really. Where was I then? <laughs> you it was a you were here, but it was a different you. Anyway, I'm sure. Became gay. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gay old San Francisco. But yeah, the neighborhood was just a lot of like working class families. Uh, a lot of San Francisco was, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And so when Bruno's dad opened the bar, he wanted a nice like upscale cocktail lounge where people could go, and he wanted it to be a throwback to his his motherland. So they found an architect, uh, John O'Shana, who also was an an artist, and he liked to do lobbies and bars and incorporate a huge mural, which is why we have this epic right behind, mural behind you. Us. Yes, it's still beautiful. original. It's only been cleaned, never been touched up. The new owner who took it over from Bruno when he passed in 2000, because Bruno didn't have any children to Wait, pass it on to. This has never been touched up. It's no, still. It's only been cleaned. It's beautiful. I'm There's sorry. been no okay. paint added to it. Okay. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, no, everyone that's listening, when you come here and you see, well, I already put up a picture on Instagram, but when you come in here and see, it looks like someone just painted it. Anyways, it's it's, it's, it's beautiful. Remarkable. And it's so indelible when people know. Zam Zam. We had like a short 30 second clip in a Woody Allen movie, Blue Jasmine. Oh, yeah. And it literally is like a quick pan across the, the, mural, the mural and then a focus on the, the two characters sitting and having a drink. And there's almost no dialogue. Like I said, it lasts maybe 30 seconds. But I had women come in and say, I just saw the movie. I live on the other side of town. I haven't been here in 20 years and I had to come in. Yeah. I'm, I've had people come in in tears. I'm so happy you guys are still here. Yeah. It's, it's a big part of the history of hate street yeah so like i said when bruno right. took it over yes. from his dad he really stuck to his dad's old rules and like i said the bar opened in the 40s and his father was very um wary of young women that came in to drink by themselves because back then it was usually ladies of the night so there was like an unspoken house rule that women couldn't come in and drink by themselves <gasps> and, okay yeah well what about ladies of the day which we are right now which is right now. <laughs> yeah. if, if you come in, in in twos or threes, then you're fine. It was just, it was the solo women that he always had to look out for. Our entrance to our basement used to be a phone booth, but Sam, Bruno's father, caught a sailor and a young lady in there, left to some shenanigans and ripped it out. Oh, oh <laughs> so like said, they this were old thing school. right they here? Were, yeah, they were immigrants, and so they, they had this very old school mentality. And they also, like I said, the great thing about Bruno growing up on the street and working in his dad's luncheonette, his parents' luncheonette, was that he knew the like what hard work meant and how you could reap the rewards. And so he really ran his dad's business with that same motto. And so when hippies came in asking for like free acid, he was like, get off my lawn, slash get out of my bar. <laughs> I, I love that eternal struggle to keep this place classy on Hate Street, like in the heart of just free love, free drugs. So if you think free love was rough, the years that came after that were really rough because there was a bad heroin epidemic on this street. It was a rough neighborhood. And that was probably really hard for Bruno to, to witness. Like I said, when he was a kid growing up here, it's a completely different world. Um, but, you know, he stayed the course. And in the 90s in particular, like you just didn't know when the bar was going to be open. He didn't have to worry about making money off the bar because his parents had, you know, grandfathered the bar down to him and his brother. Um, and so he just opened when he wanted to and he would kick you out if he didn't like the way you looked or the drink you ordered and he didn't he didn't have to worry about it. So when Bob took over the bar, he obviously wanted the staff to be a little bit friendlier and, and all that <laughs> stuff. But, you know, we still want to maintain the integrity of the bar and the history of it. And that was Bruno's dying wish was to make sure that 
the Zam Zam stayed stayed alive and the, the, the legacy continued. Well, that's what Bourdain really pays a tribute to when he talks about Zam Zam is the legendarily unfriendly owner, but for a reason and his spirit is still alive and that's kind of what made this place special and what sets it apart from every other place on Hate Street. And there's, I mean, as much as we are still a modern bar, obviously, you know, you change with the times, um, there's a level of decorum that just, you know, you got to be an adult to drink here. Not just over 21. Like, you got to act like an adult. If, Little manners. If you're a smartass, and I, I just, I won't take it. Uh, uh, most of my staff, my coworkers, none of the staff here wants to, wants to deal with your smartass. Like, if you want to go drink PBRs in the park, that's cool. I won't like knock anybody that comes in here and wants a beer and a shot, but just be an adult about it. You right. know, we love making a good cocktail, but we just want to make sure the customers are happy and everyone's playing nice. It's a great bar. There's no televisions. It's a curved bar, so you yes. actually are encouraged to talk to each other. Um, the jukebox. We try and make sure there's nothing from this century or even touching this century because uh, we, we want love it. To it be by really the way, classic. we love it. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, we the staff here. We all try and kind of put our two cents. We have a. Everyone has a favorite on there and that somebody had a, you know, request for. But, um, yeah, we try and keep it a really classic, eclectic, but still classic. What does the history of this bar mean to you? Like, you've been here for six years, but a patron for 11. Like, it must really hold a huge place in your heart to be here and yeah, want to be here. There's a huge sense of community. I think what is overlooked in the hate, because it is such a tourist destination, is that there still is that community. And I think that's what Bruno clung to. Um, and appreciated when, I mean, he had his friends, he had his group of people that could come in and they knew the rules and uh, they were friends. Bruno liked to go out to dinner with some of his patrons. Um, and honestly, like half the patrons that come in here, half my regulars are friends of mine. I, I go to their kids' graduations or... Oh, you make them, them one, well, you used to make them onesies. Yes, I, 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 <laughs> I told took us. it upon myself to make onesies yeah. for a few of the babies that yeah. were born to, to Zam Zam couples. We've had a wedding reception here for a regular and it was great because oh, yeah, she, we didn't. We don't. We never close to the public. So even if you want to have an event here, we never close the doors. It's never a private party. It's always going like to be that. open. Yeah, and that was something that Bob really always wanted to keep uh, to maintain. He never wanted the the neighborhood folk to feel like they couldn't come into their spot because on a given weekday. It seriously is. It's the neighborhood community checking in on each other and how was your trip and how's your kid and how's work and just there's there's a lot of that and I think that's what's overlooked and I think that's what's lovely about Zams is there as much as there are communities at every other bar there's an overlapping sense of family and community in this neighborhood. I, I do feel like also given the location where there could be crazy crazy shit happening all the time you really need that sense of community to really uh, maintain and survive in this neighborhood. Can you can you talk about some of the crazy stories that of like customers that you've had in here? You've already shared some of them with us. They're so incredible. There's there's funny crazy stuff like when a guy probably tripping on acid came in dressed like a kangaroo. I, in all honesty, just tried to meet him at his level and say, sorry, we don't serve kangaroos, and he politely walked out. So, you know, weird stuff like that happens. But, you know, it is still a bar, and it is still Hate Street, and there is always an element of, you know, diciness out there. Um, I did once have a homeless man try and punch me. Well, he did punch me. Uh, but before I could even cock back and swing, there was another regular from the neighborhood that had him by the back of the collar and was dragging him out. Nice. Like, that's, that's another really nice thing about knowing that even when you're working by yourself, there's people in the bar that you know 
respect and love the bar so much and respect and love you so much that they won't let anything bad happen. So like I said, that sense of community really, it gives you a stronger backbone, gets, lets you stand up a little taller, mm. knowing that there's, there's always somebody in your corner. Or if it's just a stressful day and somebody is being an idiot and you're trying not to turn on your inner Bruno. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> just having someone where you can just glance at them and be like, oh my God, I want to kill them or myself. But yeah, that should be another T-shirt up there. My inner Bruno or yes. something channeling. So make me channel my inner Bruno. Right. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I, I have or a little pin people. or something <laughs> that just says that. That was Beta Breakers. Beta Breakers is always a crapshoot. And there's two people working because it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um and there was one year when uh, about a dozen people dressed up as giant hot dogs were trying to sneak beers out. And it's the, in, buns, right? in, in their buns. Sticking their beer in the bun. Don't talk about my buns that way. Or what you uh, stick in there. You can stick a little more than beers. <laughs> hey, all right. Anyway. <laughs> That's why it's called bitch talk. Yeah. Anyways, uh, go ahead. But yeah, it was the, my coworker had to yell like things you'd never expect to come out of your mouth, much like sorry we don't serve kangaroos, was if one more hot dog tries to sneak out beers. We're 86ing all the hot dogs. And it was like a very angry, it wasn't set calmly like that. It was a screaming at the top of your lungs because you're just at wit's end with how stupid people can be on a sunny day when they're allowed to drink in A lot public. of drinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, quickly, so, you know, we approached you as we have in every place we've been to and been like, is it okay if we record here? And we mentioned Anthony Bourdain and you brought out a book, but I didn't hear what the story was in terms of what that book is and who brought it and who's signing it so, and if you don't um, mind sharing. You know, Anthony Bourdain came to, to Zam's nine years ago uh, and some of the patrons that were in that video are still patrons to this day. Uh, the owner, Bob, was the bartender then. He does not bartend, but he still owns the bar. Uh, and he got to understand and really love the history. You know, Bruno, obviously, I'm sure Anthony Bourdain has a lot of over, had a lot of overlap with his his cantankerous side, but there was also a really sweet side to Bruno, and again, that love of his family um, and and the legacy that they, they gave him. And so, on the day that uh, Bourdain passed away, I was working. It was a oh. definite struggle to keep buttoned up when right. there was just so much coursing through you viscerally um, when hearing that news. I think a lot of people that um, worked in food and beverage understood that when if you've read Kitchen Confidential you understand he spoke like you spoke he could take phrases out of your own brain and put them on paper and you thought nobody else felt like that until you read his his writing because um, he spoke from the heart he was a really honest character and a lot of people that came in that day were just um, not making a big deal out of it there was a lot of people that came in and just sort of um, you know ordered their martinis and quietly to their friend just cheered you know to Bourdain, to the chef, um, and one of our regulars brought in her copy of Kitchen Confidential and just asked if anybody wanted to write a note about their their takeaway from Bourdain, their um, their love of him and his uh, his approach to life, not just food. Uh, so it was it was just a nice way to have everybody sort of write down a little sentiment and so we're just keeping it behind the bar and it's nice for people to be able to flip through and, and read and see and understand anybody listening to this who wants to come into Zamzam what how do you describe it what, what can they expect coming into this place and why, why is it so quintessentially San Francisco um, I, I think because you can walk in and start a conversation with 
a person that you might not know on your day-to-day life in your day-to-day routine. Um, I've seen a professor talk to a mechanic and by the end of the night they were hugging and buying each other shots like <laughs> seriously made him serious a, a deep connection um, and that's again that's one of the reasons why Zamzam doesn't have televisions this isn't a place where you just gape into the abyss you you engage in the the environment you know this is a space that you are holding a spot in so what are you gonna do with that spot have a cocktail yes enjoy the music maybe play a few songs on the juke sure but converse and get to know your neighbor. And I've, I feel sometimes in the changing world of San Francisco, we forget that. Um, and I'm, I'm not a San Francisco native, but people often think I am because I really respect the, um, the connections of, of people and their history and the time they've spent here. And again, this, you know, just like the nation is built on immigrants, San Francisco is built on people coming from all over. Cities are like that. They draw people from from all stretches of the world and the country. So it's it's wonderful to have people that, like I said, don't necessarily have a surface connection that you can pinpoint, but you just have a couple drinks and the next thing you know, you're gonna find something that you're gonna make, be like new best friends with somebody that you meet here. I mean, we connected on Will Clark, so there's that. Yes. <laughs> Go try it. Yes. Picking up on people's subtleties. Yeah. Yeah. Give me my have- hat that has his number and... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on Bitch My Talk. My pleasure. Thank this you for This was such a treat to, to meet you and talk with you. So thank you. Right back at you, girls. Thank, thank you. you. And I'll be getting another drink soon. So anyways. No. <laughs> that was part two of our boarding crawl through San Francisco. We went to Lipo Lounge. We went to Sam's Burgers, which was funny because no one was there and the guy that was serving the burgers was really weird <laughs> he was not having us well, that's well the thing he, is, he, he wasn't having mean. anyone he wasn't mean he, but he, he was just like just leave quiet. me alone it was they're, they're not always that way first of well, all the thing is is he warmed up that was yes the, he did it was in the very beginning we were just like oh he's not gonna let us record we're not gonna do anything we're just gonna eat our burger it was just awkward and we're then, like uh and he yeah it's like he was just kind of over having to deal with people well maybe he was dealing with all of like north beach because it was north well, beach, north beach has, and then that's probably the guy that's there till three in the morning i mean you got to pace yourself right yeah Ugh. right and yeah. then but yeah. then at, over True. time he kind of warmed up and he was totally fine and then we recorded our little thing at the in the in our corner I don't even remember what we said. Well, and we should say that uh, (laughs) Aaron's neighbor was with us, and she's been talking about this burger ever since. Yeah, she wants it every day. You know there are good burgers in this fucking city, but nothing tastes like a Sam's burger, and it's so reasonably priced. Simple. Can we we talk about the shirt? I have respect for a place that gives you free ranch without asking. Oh, yeah. No, second of all. What did he call him, Bordeaux? No. He was calling him Bordeaux. Because Ange, this is her hood, right? North Beach is her hood. She knows every person there, especially barkeeps. Well. So this one guy, we're walking from Lipo <laughs> over to Sam's, and then what's the bar? Bow uh, Bow. Bow Bow, but we didn't go in <laughs> which there. We, which I'm bummed we didn't get to I go to. I know, Bow me Bow. too. We should go there in honor of him because he would have loved it. He would have loved Mama Candy I thought Candy he went to Bow Bow before. I thought oh. it was on one of his crawls. Or one of his. Um, Anyways, he would have loved Mama Candy though. Oh period. My so anyway, Ange, we're walking by and we're like, should we go in? But it was really crowded. And of course, all Ange does is like peek her head in. <laughs> and so did Char. And of course, there's a guy sitting at the bar. It's like, yeah, 
Shunge! Shunge! And we're like, oh, for fuck. Great. So that same guy, we get over to he, Sam's. He owns another, he owns the dive bar in the my di- neighborhood, basically. Mm, sure. That's as divey as it gets, really. I think the saloon's pretty divey. But it's like a... Mm, but it gets so much tourism right, and right. it's so packed No one goes tr- to trendy. the other one. No one goes to the Unless other. you know people that go there. Or if you're dealing dr- drugs yeah. in <laughs> So why are you going there all the time? Because I love the bartender. Hey, I, I can appreciate from afar I know. that shit. I yeah. don't fuck with that. You know. I know. Uh, so this I'm guy... I'm a two-trick pony. The same guy, <laughs> the same guy that Ange talks to at Bow Bow, followed us to Sam's all of a sudden, and then <laughs> he just showed up. He didn't. We didn't even know we were going to Sam's. No, he didn't. He and just yeah, walked he showed in. Up. I, I'd imagine that he probably just bounces around and ends up where he ends up. So you know? he walks in <laughs> and is just keeps asking the awkward uh, cook behind the counter at Sam's about a Bordeaux shirt. He was calling him Bordeaux. I want a Bordeaux shirt. Want, so so here's the scene. We're <laughs> freaking... Sure. We weren't wasted hungry, but we were all hungry. I so, was like three Mai Tais deep, and we had beers at the North Beach And Festival. so we're stuffing our it faces was- of this delicious burger, and dude that we saw at the best dive bar in Chinatown <laughs> comes out... Walks in and then Ange looks at him and goes, what, are you following me? And then he goes, no, I'm here for the Bordeaux t-shirt. And we're like, there's a Bordeaux t-shirt. And there wasn't. And really there's not, but there are Sam's t-shirts with this big old burger on it and it's dope. And I've always but wanted But apparently one. there used to be, right? Yeah, there's still, yeah. yes, But they didn't have any at that moment, but he was going right. to buy. But way back when, I guess way back when, when, you know, Anthony Bourdain made Sam's Place kind of like the place to be because of, you know, because he featured it. There's a t-shirt. There's, there is a t-shirt in existence, but it ran out of print. And this guy just keeps going, I want a Bourdain shirt. Bourdain. <laughs> Bourdain. And then he looked at Angie and Anthony goes, Bourdain. what size are you? And they're like, I'm a small. And he's like, give me two Bourdain shirts. <laughs> and, then, and then I was stoked. I was like, and yeah, I'm like, a Bourdain shirt. And, and, and yeah, Angie's at the end of the table going, I wonder what this Bourdain shirt looks like. <laughs> and then the cook behind there was not having it. Really. Like, yeah, he was like, he wasn't even. It, he was, it was like, not, we it, don't have. Well, no, he, we he said it once. And I thought. I heard him say something like next week. That's what it was. Yeah. I heard him I heard him go next week. And then so but then he was still waiting. And I then kept asking. And he kept asking We're for doing. it. And then the then then the <laughs> then after a while the cook was like, What do you like what do you want to eat? And he's like, I want a Bordeaux shirt. <laughs> and then he's like no, what do you want to eat? And he's like, Bordeaux, Bordeaux. I wonder if he was on that tip because I had told him that we were doing this Bourdain crawl. Maybe. So it was on his mind. I guess. Because that's kind of fucking random that we're doing the Bourdain crawl and he comes in all drunk like and belligerent asking and then, for a Bourdain shirt. And then finally <laughs> there was just like. Right? That's kind of weird. At the end of it. It's probably my fault. After Sorry, 10 or 15 Sam. minutes of this. <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes of awkward when is this guy gonna get the picture and when is this guy gonna repeat that he said next week right. and then finally it was like no they don't have these anymore and yeah. then he left no next anyway. time I see him I'll be like where's my fucking shirt we're doing you promised me yeah next week yeah next week <laughs> but it was it was fun um uh, Tornado was was interesting if you haven't been there it's um 
It's like, I don't want to say it's hardcore, but a little bit. Like, you have to know what you're doing when you it's go It's no in. nonsense. Yeah. And and that's very much Anthony Bourdain. And, um, right. This is not somewhere where you, like, go up and you flirt with the bartender and you, you oh, try to, yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> God. Kiss the mic. You always, your Kiss teeth and that mic. That's <laughs> why I never go on that mic, because Aaron's teeth have rubbed it's up on it. It's not my teeth. It was my lip. All right. Well, either way, your lip, Bordeaux. your teeth. I never sit in that seat, Char, when she's not here, because it's like... Her teeth and her lips. I don't know. I've been all up on <laughs> it. You've been all up on that mic. Anyways, um, so Tornado, <laughs> they were a little, and I get it. This, I mean, I didn't know if they would even allow us to record anything, but I asked the guy behind the bar who, when you Google Bourdain and Tornado, it's one of the bartenders that's sitting in a picture with him at the he bar. Was, he was there. <laughs> but he wouldn't let us He's actually always him. there. That yeah. And then, um, so that's just, that's why it was a little, it was just weird. He was kind of being weird about the music too, and it's fine. So we did what we did there. But Zam Zam was really, that's why it's always been one of my favorite bars. It's, there's always stories there. there if, if it's not the bartender, it's people at the bar. And our bartender was awesome. And you already know that because you listened. But um, yeah, she was we, great. I I can't wait to go hang out with her more. She's hilarious. She is a storyteller in yes. her own right. And uh, she just has this great energy and this great presence. And you want to stay at the bar yep. and, and keep listening to her talk. Yeah. So, Kundan, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for your stories. And for um, being so open with us. We were just like, can we shove this yeah, big Mike. dildo mic in your face? And she's like, <laughs> word. In the afternoon. Why not? <laughs> um, but, yeah, this was this was another fun crawl. Hopefully we'll have a number three. Um, but cheers to Anthony Bourdain. Cheers. I, I love it. We're our, still celebrating of, him. Our way of honoring him and of turning a tragedy into something beautiful and continuing his legacy. Yeah. Bitch, please.